1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Thank you for joining the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. My name is Christine, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, welcome to the show. Today's sponsor chooses to remain anonymous, um, but he knows who he is, and, and he is a great friend to those of us in recovery, so thank you so much. Today, I have a special sister on here with me, Kaisa, um, and, and it's so funny because I just love the fact that... Well, over half of my guests, Kaisa, are from um, different areas because I'm in Waco, Texas. So they're mm. from around the country and being online, right, affords us that. So I'm in, I know you probably are too, in a, a butt ton of different recovery pages and what have you, which is wonderful. That's a good resource. Um, just like I, my humble opinion. You know, in-person meetings is where it's at, but, the, you know, Absolutely. online um, meetings certainly have their place, and these groups can be very supportive, and just like, just like in-person, you know, you try them on to see if they fit, and if it's a good fit for you, you contribute where you can, and so I met you in one of those, so I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on the show and, and share with me your story, and on the show, Kaiser, we just share, w- you know, what it was like, what happened, and what we're like now. This is the most laid-back thing you'll do probably today. Um, because, you know, it's one of those things that I started this show just this this past March and, you know, our community for people that are, are, you know, in active addiction and stuff that can recognize when things are scripted or sugar coated, or we just don't do that here. So, so I'm going to invite you to just be you, honey. And, um, and I want to hear all the things about and what happened, you know, what it was like, what happened and what you're like now.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Christy. Absolutely. Um, yes, my name is Kaisa, and I am an alcoholic. Hi, Kaisa. Also an addict as well. Um, my sobriety date is 12 9 19, and for that, I'm truly grateful. Oh. So I just celebrated four years on Saturday.
1: Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank Happy you, uh, birthday.
0: Yes. Thank you. It's quite amazing. And, that. you know, four and a half years ago, if you would have told me that I would be sober, and working an active program in AA, I would have just completely thought you were nuts, you know? Uh, Yeah. Um, So I'll just get started with my little deal. Um, Okay, so I'll start. My mom is from Sweden, Mm -hmm. and my dad is American. My dad's Afro-American, so I'm the mixture of black and white. Mm -hmm. And um, growing up, because, you know, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, so growing up, you know, that was kind of not a, a lot of people didn't really like that. Mm-hmm. Plus my name was Taisa, you know, no one had that name. And I always felt like I was different from somebody else, but just, you know, part of the story as well. Sure. So, um, you know, my parents got divorced early on. I was about three. Um, I had a really evil stepmother for a while. She was very, uh, mentally and verbally abusive to me, um, and uh, I so I went to live with my mom and my stepdad, and my stepfather was Italian. So Italians like to drink, you know, and they they would allow he allowed us to have a little bit of wine at dinner. And I say a little bit of wine, I mean I would take like a little sip and go, Ugh. but um, at the age of ten, I was having a slumber party, and it was my birthday, and. They said, hey, guys, you want to come out here and smoke the peace pipe? I was like, okay. So I went, you know, with all the adults in the, in the living room, and I smoked the peace pipe. I don't remember feeling any effects of that. Um, and then, you know, every now and then, a little sip of wine at dinner. But when it really started was when I was 14. And uh, I would have been in eighth grade. And I went out with my friends. And at the time, the drive-in was a big deal back. You know, we used to always go to drive-in, so mm-hmm. cool. we got a bottle of, I guess it was bourbon, and you know, we were passing it around in the car. And I remember grabbing the bottle and just chugging it. I mean, I took like about eight or ten big gulps, and you know. Of course, I proceeded to get very sick and I threw up and all kinds of crazy stuff happened. And I remember waking up with a hangover the next day and I was throwing up. But you know what? I could not wait to drink again. Now, you think, why Why would you do that again? I wanted to. So, you know, um, those years of growing up in, you know, junior high and high school, basically, you know, it was weekend parties. And, and every time I drank, it was only to get drunk that that was my goal um so I uh but I didn't you know I didn't drink every day and um it it was okay I I didn't think I had an an issue and then of course you know side dishes were introduced as time went on so and I like those too Mm -hmm. um then I ended up moving here to Texas in 1982 and um you know, basically it was, you know, met some people. We'd go out to the bars, drink, you know, carry on. Um, I was in the apartment industry for a while. Uh, that was okay. But then I decided I would go work in a bar because that's what I did the best. I partied. I was, you know, the good time girl. So um, for many, many years, I worked in, you know, the restaurant bar business and, um, you know, I was always right there with, with the booze, um, people would tip me with side dishes and by tip jar, you know? So, I mean, you know, it was just, it was just a never ending thing. And I remember for about 10 years, uh, I would sleep during the day and I'd wake up at night I would go to work and I would, I wouldn't go to bed until, you know, eight o'clock the next morning. I did that for like 10 years. Mm. So, um, you know, and still not, not, still not drinking every day, um, but still partying pretty hard. Um, so then I, um, I knew that, you know, I was getting older and I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I got sober at 57.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, so I knew I was getting older. I knew I needed to get a day job. So I went. I, I got this job at this transportation company, and um, and I was still bartending at night. So I was working two jobs. And um, so, anyway, when I was going home for my tenure, brother wanted me to meet a friend of his, which I remember from high school, but we hung in different circles because you know I rode a Harley to high school because what I did. And um, anyway, so I went home for my tenured high school reunion, and I met this guy, and his name was Kevin, and we hit it off. And then, so. Uh, we had long distance relationship for, I don't know, probably eight months or so. And then, um, we decided I would move back to Kansas and live with him. And then when he was on his way here to get me, to move me back to Kansas, he got killed in a car accident. Oh my. And, um, you know, was, I, I held a great deal of guilt for that because I felt like it was my fault. You know, if he wasn't coming to get me, he wouldn't have died. Um, so, you know, that was a very traumatic experience. <clears throat> and I remember three months straight after that, I drank every single day. And, um, you know, finally one day it just came to me that, you know, he wouldn't, he would really not want to see you like this. So I slowed down in my drinking and then, you know, okay, so time passes and I'm still doing the same thing over and over. And then, um, it's going to last three years before I quit drinking, um, just dealing with things that I couldn't control and people I couldn't control and nothing was going my way. And I was a victim and I just started to drink every day. And when I say every day, I mean, I had vodka bottles, wine bottles on the side of my bed at night. So when I woke up, I could drink. So I could go back to sleep for two hours, wake up, drink, drink. You know, get up in the morning. I, 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 I just, I just kept drinking. I would come to work. I drank at work. I would have my bottles all hidden all around, you know, strategically, mm-hmm. so nobody could, you know, because nobody knew what I was doing. <laughs> so I thought. So you thought, <laughs> and um, yeah, and um, you know, so hang on, you know. And all the while I was like drinking at people, you know, I'm going to drink this poison because this person, you know, I don't, you know, I don't like the way they treat me. I don't, you know, just, just uh, lots of stuff that, you know, I had no control over, but yet I made it all about myself. Mm -hmm. So I was going to drink, drink it all away. Um, So one of my very best friends that, I've known for 41 years, um, you know, we started over here. Now we're both over here. She got sober, um, before I did. And I watched this woman change from a bitter, angry person that I just, I didn't even want to be around her because she was so bitter and so angry that I just, I, you know, I couldn't take it. Well, she got sober. And then I watched this person change mm. and I'm like, oh my, you know, wow. So, you know, I knew, I knew I had a problem because I knew that what I was doing couldn't, it, it couldn't, it, I knew it wasn't right what I was doing. I'm like, you know, this, this can't be right as much as I drink, you know? Um, and I want, I would want to stop and I'd go, okay, well, I won't drink until five. We'll forget it. That, forget <laughs> it. I have probably tried that a thousand times or more That never worked. So I would have conversations with her and, um, you know, she is a member of AA and, you know, we, we, we would talk about it a lot and she'd say, well, I don't think you're an alcoholic. I think you're just a heavy drinker. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So anyway, I ended up having to go to my, um, my general practitioner and she did my blood work and, uh, she she said to me she said your you know your numbers are really dangerously high and i'm referring you to a liver specialist i said okay then i thought oh yeah you you you've probably gone and done it now i mean you have to go to see, to see a liver specialist mm-hmm. so um, so i i went and um you know I walked in, and, you know, he. we sat down, and we started talking, and he's like, you know, <laughs> yep. he said, you, you, Ka- Kiza, you hang, hang it, on, pa-
1: pause, pause just a second, because you can completely okay. cut out. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so sometimes it's my Wi-Fi so, here. So, yeah, so, Hang on, let me mark this 11 minutes in. Okay, so you went to the liver specialist, and what did he say to you?
0: Okay, so he told me I had to, that I really needed, I had to stop drinking or I would die. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. yeah, and I was like, mm. you know, I'm like, okay. And, you know, I had no intention at that time. I had no intention on, on quitting drinking, um, you know, getting help. What help? Yeah, I had my friend in AA, who I watched, who, you know, we still had all these conversations. Um, anyway, so, you know, that night, it was her nephew's birthday party. So I said, well, I'm going to quit drinking. I'll quit drinking tomorrow, but tonight I'm going to go to the party and I'm going to drink. Because I didn't want her to give me a hard time, mm. you know, And which she didn't, and I drank. She didn't. And, um, you know, she stayed sober the whole time, and I got old... Fish nickered like I did. Um, and then, so, you know, I proceeded just to keep drinking. So then it came up to the week of Thanksgiving. And well, okay, so the week before, I was too sick to come to work. Um, I mean, I just, I, I really felt like I was going to die. And so I stayed in bed, but I drank the whole time. And I would get up and go to the store in the morning and get my booze. And then I would go home and stay in bed. But I missed a week of work and that following Monday a co-worker came over and she she looked at me and she said, get up put on your clothes. I'm taking you to the I'm taking you to the emergency room. And I'm like, yeah, all right, we'll go to the emergency room, you know um, all the while just you know I I mean I just felt like such crap. But I and I just continually put the alcohol in me, you know. So, you know, when she says, Well, let's go, and I'm, I, I, I grab my bag and I just take all the booze, put it in my bag. I need to take clean underwear with me. Okay. So we go to the emergency room. They take one look at me and they said, You're going to the hospital. And I said, Ah, oh, no, I don't need to go to the hospital. And they said, Yeah, you do. And then they wanted me to uh, give me a urine sample. I did. It was. It looked. It was brown like bourbon, basically. It was, mm-hmm. uh, and so they wanted me to ride in the ambulance, and I said, "No, I'll have my friend take me." And they said, "No, you're you're getting in the ambulance. We we are going to put you in an ambulance." I'm like, "All right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll get in the ambulance." So I get to the ambulance. Uh, they take me to the hospital. They check me in. I end up spending five days in the hospital being rehydrated because I was so severely dehydrated from my drinking. Now, mind you, while I'm in the hospital, I have booze and I keep drinking and I'm walking around with my banana bag on the little rolly thing drinking the whole time. Um, well, except for like the last two days I ran out of booze, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm thinking, Oh, I'm being rehydrated. I'll be fine. hmm. Uh, you know, anyway, um, so anyway, I get out of the hospital. Well, the, okay. So the last few days when I ran out of booze, um, I didn't have any physical withdrawals. Like I, I, you know, I, I didn't have the sweats. I couldn't sleep very well, but the hands, the, the, the palms of my hands and the soles of my feet peeled, which I thought I was like, well, okay, whatever. You know, I, I had no idea what that was. Um, so I get out. Uh, my friend came and got me, the one who's in an AA, and um, took me to my truck. I got in my truck. I went straight to the first corner store, reloaded on the booze, and kept on drinking. Uh, I ended up having to go back to my liver specialist to get. Now, mind you, that was over Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, I was in the hospital. So here's my second trip back to the liver specialist. And my friend went with me this time. And, um, he, he, he just, you know, he sat down, he grabbed my hands, you know, so I couldn't, you know, look him right in the eye and he said, you're going to die. You are going to die. You've got to stop drinking. And my friend all of a sudden says, well, tell her, tell her what it's going to be like, tell her when she's going to die. And he's like, look, I can't tell you when you're going to die, but I can guarantee you it's going to be a very slow and painful death. And so you know, I I wanted help, but I had came up with a gazillion excuses and they were very weak. Um, you know, and, and, and the both of them just sat there and just hammered on me the whole, you know, they're like, you know, I kept saying, well, you know, what about my dog? And, And my friend's like, well, you can go to such and such house. They take pets. I'm like, Oh, and then, you know, I'm like, well, what about this? What about my job? And she said, okay, so, uh, how good of a job are you doing at work drinking the whole time, you know, and all, and at work, you know, several people here were like, they, they wanted to fi- get me fired, you know, And but the lady that owns the company says, Nope, you can't fire her. You can move her into a different department, but you can't fire her because she's loyal. And um, anyway, so finally I just said, okay, I, I just, I, I just give up. And you know, the doctor says, well, you should go to rehab. And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, let me let me go someplace where I can just get in and the doors will shut behind me and I can just do myself for, you know, the 30 days. And I was really worried about leaving work because, you know, what would they do without me? My God. (laughs) And my friend, my friend got up and went and got the nurse to give me the month excuse, you know, uh, to be gone. And she brought it into the doctor, and he signed it. And I said, I'm going to rehab. I'm going to do this. Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm tired. I'm I'm really tired of living my life this way. And, you know, several times praying to God, would you just take me because I don't want to live like this anymore. But he had other plans. (laughs) But he does that. And so um, that was on a Wednesday. I continued to drink. Um then my friend on on I was really worried about telling work that I was gonna leave, even though I had an excuse and I couldn't be fired, you know, and all that. I was just so scared. And so I was sitting downstairs at my desk and I was like, How am I gonna tell him? How am I gonna tell him? Because I have to go to rehab like really soon. And um uh it was like I, I saw my boss come around the corner to go upstairs and I it was like something just pushed me out of my chair. And so I got up, and I ran over there, and I said, I'm going to go to rehab. And she said, I was expecting her to say, oh, my God, what is the problem? (laughs) Yeah. She's like, good. It's about time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad. And I was like.
1: Wow. But I I thought you didn't know.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, I didn't think anybody knew. Yeah. Oh, my So anyway, yeah, so then she ended up telling her mom, the owner, and then the owner took me outside and she said look she said you go you take care of yourself you get better you have your job um don't worry about it you'll you'll get paid while you're gone um you know we'll be here when you get back and we wish you the best of luck uh you know and I was like oh my god and that was it felt like the world had been lifted off my shoulders um anyway so Let's see, that was Wednesday, and then I continued to dream the name of a lady who was a sobriety coach, and so I called her, and I talked to her for, like, about two hours on the phone, and, um, you know, it it was a great conversation, and um, she gave me names of some uh, rehabs to call, so I did, a couple places were, like, in Baltimore, they said, oh, you have $2,000, you can get on a plane and come up to Baltimore, and I'm like, Um, I'm a negative 200 in my bank and I'm not going to, I'm going to get sober, but I'm not going to go to Baltimore to do it. So one of the ladies and then a couple of places, their answering service came on, leave a message. I was like, well, kind of on a ledge here. So let me just keep on calling. Let me keep going down this list. Well, then I find the, the name of a place called the right step in Houston. And I was like, well, that looks like the place I need to call. So immediately, oh and, and all the while I was always very concerned, how would I pay for rehab? Because, you know, I didn't have any money. And um, so I, I call the right step and I get a, a gal in California. And the minute I start talking, her little I could hear her fingers typing. You know, she's typing in all the stuff. I tell I tell her, Yeah, I just spent a week in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. This is my insurance, da 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 all the stuff. And I mean, it seemed like about 30 seconds later, she's like, your rehab will be paid for by your insurance, a hundred percent. And I was like, oh, oh my God! You know, because it was one of my biggest fears. You know, how the heck would I pay for that? How how would I ever get well? How you know how how would anyway? So um, so I decided we decided I would because that that was a Saturday. Well, and then of course you know I had booze in the house, so I had to wait. I I, I was going to make sure that I had everything finished off. I wasn't going to dump it. And I wasn't going to come home with alcohol in my house. So there you go. So I, you know, I drank up until 8 o'clock, December 8th, 2019. I had my last little tiny bottle of wine. And I used to get those little bottles because I could hide them in my bra. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And um, I, I remember looking at the clock and I looked at the bottle and I said, this is it. I'm done. I'm not living like this anymore. I I, I can't do it. I, I, I it this has to be it. And I drank I drank that bottle and that was it. Uh threw it in the trash. And I had already packed my clothes for rehab the next day. I was supposed to be there at nine o'clock in the morning. And I went to bed, woke up the next day on the ninth and um grabbed my bag. And I remember opening the blinds to cause I have a pool outside. And I looked at the pool, and it was just green as could be. I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should stay here and and take care of the pool. And then something, something just said, oh, because you've been doing such a good job this far. That's why it's green. And something said, go, go, go. And I just grabbed my bag and my purse, and I took off out to the front door. And as I was opening the back door of my truck to put my suitcase in, my mom comes to the door because she lives with me. And she said, "I don't think you have a problem." And I said, "I didn't even say anything because I couldn't believe she was actually looking at me with my gray skin and my yellow eyes, telling me she didn't think I had a problem." Oh, and there's one thing else I wanted to show you. When I was in the hospital, this this is a bruise. Oh wow! That I found on when I took off my gown to take a shower mm-hmm. I, that was a bruise that was on my stomach wow yeah and then here was here was my arm when I got out of the hospital just you know just
1: yeah for those of yeah. you that are just listening yeah you what that bruise went across your entire belly wow and br- yeah yeah, it, well, it, this, yeah this- and did you know how you got it?
0: Well, no, yeah, nope, that- <laughs> I didn't. I was like, "Why didn't you fall?"
1: <laughs> That's the key. It's like, okay, I am totally black and blue, or or cut on me, and it's like, I don't,
0: yeah. Right. But oh also- goodness, yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay," and it was just, it was this horrible purple. I mean, it was just really, really ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when my mom said that to me, I was like. I'll see in 30 days. Everybody just get out of my way because I'm going. And I shut that door, got my truck, or, or, I drove with this vengeance to the right step. And um, I got there. And um that's when, you know, I got sober and I was in detox for the first, I don't know, four or so days. Mm-hmm. Five days, I think it was five days. And um at that time, again, my hands peeled the soles of my feet peeled and this time my scalp peeled. So I looked like I had a horrible, you know, case of dandruff, Ugh. but um, you know, I started to feel better and better. And I, what I did when I went to rehab was I was like, okay, look, I have no idea what to expect. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to do what they tell me to do. I'm not going to fight with people. um, Cause I did that a lot. As I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to do what I need to do to get myself sober. And so, you know, I, um, basically when everybody else was outside smoking cigarettes and stuff, I stayed inside and did my assignments and stuff. And, uh, watched a lot of Netflix too, but there you go. And, um, you know, while I was in, uh, And, um, we had other groups that would come in and talk to, you know, with clients while we were in there and, you know, uh, so, you know, I also got to see other people that had been there at that particular treatment center that were out now that were, you know, living a whole different life, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so the day I got out of the, the right step, um, well, my, my, my counselor had given me the names of some. AA groups, and I said, well, you know, give me the ones that are really close to my house because I don't want any kind of, like, detour going on, and um, so I went to a spring group of Alcoholics Anonymous. That was the closest to my house, and they had a six o'clock meeting, so the day I got out, I went there, and that's still my home group today, mm. and, you know, they said, get a sponsor, work the step, do all this stuff. I had no idea what that meant, and but I did. I did exactly, I I did what they told me to do. And, um, you know, I found this wonderful woman who sponsored me. Um, she took me through the steps and she's a retired school teacher. Amazing. Just an amazing woman. And, you know, she used to say all this stuff to me. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get this, but okay, let's just do this. Let's, Let's do these steps. And, you know, she kept telling me how on fire I was because every time I'd finish a step, I'm like, Can we start on the next one? Can we do the next one? Can we do the next one? You know, and um, sometimes she'd, out, she'd tell me to slow down a little bit, but you know, I remember doing that fourth step and I'm like, Okay, so what is all about this fourth step thing? And um, I'm like, I don't really have any resentments. Well, you know, I, I did, and I you was know, going When I put that pen to that paper, all of a sudden I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing. I'm like, oh my God, where's all this coming from? (laughs) But I couldn't stop writing. And then, you know, we worked through through all those and I was just like, oh my gosh, I had no idea all this Mm
1: -hmm.
0: was up here, Mm -hmm. you know. And but I thank God. I thank God for AA and 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 those steps because I it just made me realize that. You know, the alcohol was but a symptom of my problems. And um gosh, I, I I, played a part in every single one of those things, but you know, um, so you know, and my my um my sponsor kept saying, you know, you're gonna have a spiritual awakening and, and, and okay, whatever that is. And so I remember I think it was about four months into sobriety. And by now COVID had hit. So we were on the lockdown pretty much, but I still got to go to work because I'm an essential worker. Mm. And, um, and, you know, she always talked about the obsession being lifted and I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything. So that must be it. Well, no. Okay. So I go to the circle K, which is where I go every morning to get my coffee. I get out of my truck and I look down between my, my, my feet and there's a bag of cocaine between my feet and I went holy then I I picked it up and I threw it in the trash can and as soon as my hand opened and that bag just it's slow motion and it went down into the trash can and I went holy shit what was that and I was like oh my god and I called my sponsor and I I said, the obsession has been lifted, you know, oh my God. I can't and I was just so elated, you know, and then I realized that, you know, God was doing for me what I couldn't have done for myself. I didn't even know what it, that was. And, you know, bam, there it was in my face. I mean, you know, four and a half months before that, I'd probably been disappeared for about five days. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so. So, you know, I ended up working all the steps, and um, and it was amazing, amazing thing. Um, I've sponsored a couple of girls. I, I have taken one Fonsee through the steps. Um, she's moved on to new sponsorship, but she's still sober. Um, I, you know, I work a fearless program of sobriety. I chair meetings. I I am on social media on a lot of sober pages. I uh admin on several. And um, you know, I just I stay in the middle of the boat. And um I have made such good friends, you know, first of all with the the, the people at my home group, you know, I never thought I would have friends like this in my life, you know. And I still have some of my old friends um that aren't, you know, alcoholics, um, and they support me and, um, that's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And, but I also have a new group of friends, you know, a a new family that, um, you know, work the program and they're just amazing. And, uh, you know, the fellowship's great. Um, I love staying in the middle of the boat. Uh, you know, I, I just do whatever I can, you know, daily. Mm -hmm make sure that I, you know, do the deal. Right. So.
1: Right. Well, that, you know, it's, it's funny, you, you just jarred a a memory, just like, you know, how, how that happens where it's like twilight zone back to, I remember when you talked about seeing that bag of cocaine at at your feet and, and, you know, I, I can, I, I can feel that feeling when I was, I was probably two weeks sober And, um, and I was at my office in my office building, my husband and I own a building here in Waco and anyway, no one was there. It was on a Saturday. No one else was in the building. It was just me. And I was doing some busy work, you know, and I went to get something out of a drawer and those little, I, that's, yeah, I don't know if you saw my face about the little wine bottles. Cause yeah, those fit perfectly in my handbag and they fit down in my boots. And, you know, yeah. Uh huh. So, so I opened up one of my drawers and there were several. And it was, I call it flighty hands. It was like, what, oh, what do you know? It was, it was, it was, it was, I lost my breath for a minute. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, see, I'm getting chills just talking about it. And I remember mm. grabbing them. I think there were four of them, I, which is shocking because, honey, I don't leave alcohol behind. Um, but, right. but most of the time I hit it so well, I hid it for myself. Um, but but I, I grabbed those four and I ran, girl, I ran down the hallway to the bathroom and I opened them and I started pouring them out. And it was like I almost needed a witness. I almost needed someone to go to go look. I'm not drinking it. Look, I'm you know it was it was just like I needed, but I just I poured them out and I and I put them in the trash can and then I thought, oh crap, what if someone sees them and they think that I so I went immediately and I called my sponsor and I said this is what just happened and she said, how does that feel and I'm like, oh, it feels really good. Wait a minute, it does. Feel, whoa. Why am I scared? I didn't do anything wrong. I did, you know, but, but it was, I was so used to having, to burning down relationships, you know, and if my husband were to see those, he would doubt me and I wanted, you know, it was just, but I remember, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's like the fibers in my soul just got stronger, You know, and it's like, I could, I think I stood up a little bit taller, you know, that it was like, oh my gosh, I could have, and I didn't. I've never done that before, (laughs) you know, it was, I could have, and I did, you know, and Mm -hmm. so I, I remember that feeling and that was, yeah, so empowering, so empowering for someone like us to, to. To do that. Yeah, that's it. What a feeling. What, what did you think before? I mean, I know you said you had your friend, which was a point of reference that, that was in AA, but what did you think, you know, the, the program of recovery was before you got into it?
0: What did you? I, I really had no idea. Um, I know, um, I just, You know, I'd heard AA, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's for quitters, you know. I'm not a quitter. Mm -hmm. Because, anyway, I I really didn't know. I really didn't know. Uh, When I got to rehab, you know, and they talked about AA and the steps and, you know, you work on yourself and all this stuff. And um, I thought, well, I probably could use a little bit of that, you know, because this I don't like Mm. this. I don't want to be this. There's got to be something better than, than what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna, whatever they, you know, whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do. And, but I do remember having the conversation with my friend about the higher power. And I said, what, what's with the higher power thing, you know, because, you know, when I was raised, it was, it was, the God of hellfire and brimstone and you're a mm-hmm. sinner and you're going to burn in hell. And I'm like, I can't, I don't, the, you know, the God thing, I don't, I don't get it because why would this God that I no, only one that I know, why would he forgive me? And I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be forgiven. I don't, I don't understand all that, you know? And she said, well, no, she said, it's, um, it's a God of your understanding. And I said, what? my own understanding, I said, but this is what I understand it to be. She said, no. She said, not that one. I said, not that one. And I go, well, what do you mean, what one? What's yours? And she said, mine is a fairy. I said, a fairy? And she said, yeah, my god's a fairy. And I said, I go, so what you're telling me is I can make this thing up? She said, yes, absolutely. I was like,
1: oh, oh.
0: Really? She said, Yeah. I said, oh, okay. I go, Now it's on. I go, Yep. Gonna be a loving, forgiving God, and he's gonna have a sense of humor between George Burns and Betty White, you know. <laughs> and this is, we're gonna have fun doing this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's how I came up with my higher power, um, which I didn't understand, you know. Um, and super grateful for that because we didn't have a good time. <laughs> mm. Mm. which i think everybody you know i was so concerned with not having a good time and did it oh, but you know it's exactly the opposite right i'm having the best time of my life you know
1: you know it's funny but and i just... don't you know
0: people are like oh you're religious no
1: no yeah it doesn't have anything to do with religion nothing i'm not religious
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, i'm spiritual mm-hmm. you know like there's those plants outside Look, I can't I can't make that plant out there uh, along those
1: same lines is my, which my, I didn't have a point of reference as far as a, a God. and And I had such a huge resentment because the way I saw it, if your God was all that great, why was I in that position to begin with? That must mean I was actually the piece of shit that I thought I was. So, so no thanks. And so my my sponsor was able to bring, you know, I needed things and I, I don't mean this offensively towards my own self, but I needed things dumbed down a little bit. Right. I I, I, I needed the elementary, you know, for dummies version. And she said, okay. So she said, have you ever heard of build a bear? And I said, yeah. And I said, that's where you go and you pick out a bear and you pick out the clothes and you pick out. And she said, what if, just what if, what if you could build a God? What would what would that look like? Who? What type of characteristics? What type of mannerism? What kind of, you know, um, what kind of uh, a being would that be? What loving, caring, kind, concerned? You know what what would that be? And so she had me kind of work that out, and she said, "So I'm just going to ask you, what if? Just what if? That's who God is already." what if, and I'm like, oh no. shit, really, you know, and so it was, it was in a way that I could understand it, um, because, you know, I've said, I've said on the show before, you know, God was for all the people on Sunday that dressed up real pretty, and went to the building with the tea on top of it, you know, I just, I didn't, that wasn't from, that that wasn't where I belonged, you know? And so, yeah, bringing it down to, to a a level that you can understand it. Um, let me ask you when you, when you got to like steps eight and nine, did you, did, was there an amends that you made that wasn't accepted?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, the very first amends I, um, made to my friend she cried she started crying and i I was not even expecting that i was like oh shit man what did i do to you you know because in my head i have oh well i I did this well i don't know exactly what i did to her Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. uh you know uh and then i realized that i really put my friends through hell watching me you know kill myself and i was killing myself you know um so, the amends that wasn't accepted, um, my brother, when I, I called to make an amends to him, um, he just got so mad at me, and he's like, well, you should, and then he just verbal vomited on me, and just, I mean, you know, like, tore me up one side, down the other, I was like, Ooh. But you see, my sponsor told me it something like this would happen, so... I said, okay. So I just, I, I, I stopped. And, um, and when I, when I talked to my sponsor, she said, okay, you don't, don't do it again. She said, if a time comes up in the future, you'll know it and you can do that, you know, amends to him. I was like, okay. So, but you know, pretty much everybody else I made an amends to, you know, they all, uh, everybody was happy pretty much, uh, you know, One friend cried, which really opened my eyes because I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so it it so happened about four months after that with my brother. He called me up and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. I don't know how you deal with mom. Blah, blah, blah. She talks all the time. She does this. She doesn't let me talk. And I said, Akeem, I said, remember? remember all those times when I asked you to please take mom for just a month so I could have a month to myself? Remember? He said, yeah. And I said, no, all the time. And I said, yeah, I know you said no. I go, but you know, I did get a break from mom for a month. And you know when that was? And he goes, no, when? I said, well, when I went to rehab, he's like, Oh oh my God, Kaisa. I had no idea. It's like, Uh, And then I said, okay. And then, then I started my amends to him. And then he absolutely accepted it. Mm. Absolutely Mm. accepted it. So I'm really glad because I love my brother very much. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to be on the outs with him. Um, we've always been very close my whole life up until, you know, my last, about the last three years of my drinking career. He was like, he won't have anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I get it. I didn't get it at the time. Yeah, we don't, we
1: don't realize the damage the 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 damage that is left in our wake. Not until exactly. we, we go back and and we're able to turn around and have the strength to look at that. Do yeah. And sometimes that's that's really hard to do. What what is? Tell me what is forgiveness to you.
0: For me to forgive. Um, okay, so my stepmother, stepmonster, I call her, who was, you know, like I, I said earlier, she was verbally abusive, mm. mentally abusive to me. Um, okay, so basically what she did to me, because I was a young, I was a young kid, you know, and she she treated my brother completely different than she treated me. So that rented space in my head for 50 years. And so, you know, when I worked my fourth step, you know, I realized that I didn't do anything to her, okay? So that kind of made me want to hold on to the resentment even more because I didn't do anything to deserve to be treated that way. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, I had to realize that I had to forgive her so I could be free from all that, all those horrible feelings I've had towards her in, in my life, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, feeling less than, you know, feeling ugly, you know, she never liked my hair, you know? Uh, I don't, she always wanted me to wear these little pom pom things on my head. My hair is naturally curly. So when it's short, you know, I've got a, I've got a pretty good size afro, but she would make me wear these things. and I'd look like Mickey Mouse and she pulled the they pull them so tight that it would hurt me. And then I would complain and she would, she was just a horrible anyway. So, I mean, I could go and fill my resentment cut back up with her, but I'm not going to okay. because I forgive her for whatever it was that made her treat me like that. Okay. I don't know. And I probably never will know in my life. I do know that she tried to get in contact with me. Um, I mean, she, I do know she did try to get in contact with me and I said, no, thank you. And I just – I left it at, at that um, um, because she's no longer going to – she's not going to steal my joy. Right. You know, and 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 the thing she said to me when I was a little kid, do not define me at all. You know, I mean, because she was like, you know, you're stupid. And she was just not very nice. And then I realized that she, you know, I probably had a whole – a lot to do with her, mm-hmm. you know, um, how she was or whatever. But, yeah, so I I, I forgive because I realize everybody's human. I think everybody suffers from something. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going to hold on to resentment because I, I'm not going to let that steal my joy. And I got a whole bunch of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When is the first time that you've felt like you belonged somewhere?
0: Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, you mean okay, once getting sober. Um I let me I well gosh, that's a good question. Probably around um about 18 months, I think, into my sobriety, I really started to feel connected with other people and um you know. <sighs> I remember. Wow. Here are- okay, so, Laura, well, right, let me think about this. I was having. I, okay, so I started to uh, exercise about three months after I got sober. I decided I because I was two hundred sixty-five pounds when I went to rehab, and um, I, I, after a while, I was like, I, well, I don't, I don't, I don't like this part of me. Either. Let me see if I can change it. So I changed my eating habits. I started walking. So here I am walking in the morning, watching the sun come up, which is like one of my favorite things in the whole wide world to do. And I, all of a sudden, I'm looking at the sky, and I have music playing, and I'm walking, and I, I, I had this, I don't know, epiphany, whatever you want to call it, that I was very small. I was very small and in, in this big huge vast universe of all this beauty and everything I'm supposed to be here and that was when I realized that there you know I'm supposed to be here so I, I feel I, then I knew I belonged you know if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and and then um I remembered the day it was it was the day of my turning 18 months and I woke up and I had a dream. That I was looking at myself, but it wasn't in the mirror. I was—it was like I was facing myself, and I said, "Oh my God, I love you." And I realized that I loved myself.
1: Wow! And
0: that's big stuff. That is—I
1: that is the biggest of stuff.
0: Yeah. Because I wouldn't even—I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror.
1: Because I wanted to kill me. Yeah. To go and I was from, doing a good- right to go from that to yeah. I, I I I not not only do I love you, I like you. Mm-hmm. Of your speaking of your own self, that's that's there's not a lot of people that could say that, Kaija. Not not honestly.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. I remember telling my sponsor, I'm like, oh my god, I love myself. I told her about the dream. She's like, oh,
1: that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I was talking about belonging and that was, you know, I'll be, I'll be 12 years this coming March, you know. And um, thank you, and, and by the grace of God, there go I. But but the mm, but mm. the epiphanies that just keep coming the the um you know the things that that God reveals you know um you know and it it, it occurred to me not that long ago that um that I I had spent my entire life trying to fit in, Every, mm. everywhere I went. I would try to fit into the mold that I would think that I would think that you needed me to be or wanted me to be. Or, you know, I, it, I never belonged anywhere. You know, I, I would just always try to fit in, which was exhausting, it was exhausting carrying that huge trunk of costumes and masks and oh I'm going here so I have to be this person. Oh I'm here so I where am I oh here, you know. Um so it was yeah, March fourteenth, two thousand twelve that I that I sat down in in the in the room of my home group and for the first time I looked around and I thought, This is exactly where I belong. Mm-hmm. You know, um and I had left that trunk, it, it was smashed, actually, and I never picked it back up. And from that day, yeah, unapol- unapologetically, you know, um, if you're within my presence, within five minutes, you're going to know I'm an alcoholic. Uh, not that I intentionally set out to tell people, but it's just, that's that's the best part about me. It just is. Yeah. You know, I was, I was telling, I was telling another friend, you know, when, when I, when I mentioned that I'm an alcoholic, that tells you everything you need to know about me, that I have fallen to the furthest of falling, but that I got back up. That's all you need to know. You know, everything in between we can, you know, I can, I can, you know, talk about later, but, but the, the, yeah, it's just, that's, that's just the absolute best thing about me. So tell me can, tell me, can you pick one word, one word that describes your recovery?
0: Oh, oh God I, I, good, yeah, I got a bunch of them. Um one word. gosh, awesome is my favorite word. I just have to say awesome. I mean, everything, Everything about recovery is, it's just amazing.
1: It's a beautiful life, isn't it? That's more than
0: a word. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's okay. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful life. People, you know, people just the person that is is listening to this that is still suffering, you know, that that has this, you know, you you hear the term alcoholic addict and you think about that that person, you know, under the bridge with a paper bag, and you know, it's just rock like, bottom, honey, child. This is what you know the alcoholic addict looks like you know that's true. I mean the and and I I'm telling you what I will spend the rest of my days the rest of the breath that's in my body with no shame talking about addiction and recovery forever absolutely yeah
0: give away what we received you know and um another thing uh on Monday I celebrated 20 years with my company.
1: Mm, that's amazing. So there you
0: go. There's another milestone and thank God they stuck with me, you know, through the worst times, but you know, I'm like, I never worked anywhere for 20 years of my life, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I do this job now and I, where we used to have three people in my department. It's just me. Now I could use some help, but I got, I, I, I rock this thing. And you know, if it weren't by the grace of God and AA, you know, um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now. Mm -hmm. There's no way, Mm -hmm. you know, this program of living that is so amazing that I believe anybody can benefit from. You don't have to be an addict or, you know, or an alcoholic, you you know, it's, it's a way of life, you know? Um, And, and the humility piece, boy, you know, and I, I, when I, I fight my ego, you know, uh-huh. but and and just how kind I am now as opposed to how I used to be. You know, I was not a very nice person at all. You know, and um I just I'm so happy that I I can be a kind loving person.
1: Right. and contribute better. You know, um so how to, tell me how do you start your day?
0: Well, what I do, first thing, um, I feed my dog <laughs> because, you know, he gets, uh, he gets kind of lippy if I don't, and I go outside and I say my prayers in, in the backyard. Um, cause I can look at the sky and I'm outside and, and that's why I like it. So I say my prayers and then I eat and then I either go to the gym or I walk six miles. Um, and then I come home, get ready for work, and then I come to work and I do my thing. Uh-huh. And then while I'm here, I <laughs> I get on social media and talk to people, connect with them.
1: That's awesome. How can people find you? What page? What? Tell me the recovery pages that you're in. That
0: okay? That be- I, the, the Sober Revolution uh-huh. on Facebook uh-huh. and the Sober Hope. You, sober hope houston group and um and then we have a ladies sober hope group
1: okay okay awesome thank you so much for joining me i'm so happy to know you
0: it's so nice meeting you thank you for having me gosh
1: and you're, you're you're just down the highway i don't i don't get down i don't get down that way very often but but yeah i I'm, I'm glad to know that I've got a sister in my own state that's in recovery. That's, Absolutely. That's marching the March with me. So anyway, Absolutely. sister, it's good to know you. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much, Kristen. Right. It's wonderful meeting you.
1: You as well, sweetheart. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Sobriety podcast. Keep coming back. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back.